It's not very often that I'm wrong, but it's one of those times where I'm very, very happy to have been wrong as the Raw pulled off a fantastic A-League win over Sydney FC on Friday night, and unfortunately then Sydney FC got one back on Sunday in the W-League semi-final. Welcome everyone to the latest edition of the Brisbane Football Review coming to you on a Monday afternoon, thanks to the person to my right, Scott, how are you? I'm more than happy to take the blame on this one, James, how are you? That's alright, I'm feeling pretty good, obviously not as smug and obnoxious as uh, when we were recording last week, and we're also proud to be joined from the women's game by Angela Bassett. Did I get that right? I don't think I actually say your surname for that reason. I'm like trying to think how I say my surname now. No, that's right, yeah, that's right, yeah. Close enough. Close enough. Anyway, you're back again for another appearance on the show. Unfortunately, it's going to be for a Brisbane Raw W League season recap instead of a grand final preview like we'd hoped, but I'm sure we'll still have some fun anyway. All right, now, i got to remember to do the plugs before the start of this, because I don't think I actually did that last week. Uh, email brisbanefootballreview at gmail.com. Facebook, The Raw Review. We're still working to change that to Brisbane Football Review. It's a long story. Twitter, at BNE Football. Uh, Instagram is non-existent, and Snapchat still scares the living daylights out of me. So, let's get on to segment one and talk about Friday night at Suncorp Stadium, Brisbane Raw 2, Sydney FC 1. And I just want to lead off with just a quick summation of the game. Brisbane beat Sydney FC with a defence made up of three guys who in the past 12 months have been nominally midfielders and a 16-year-old playing in his first game. I would say that's pretty damn good. Right, Scott? Absolutely. Don't forget Enrique filled in at right back at times when um, Devere went off initially and Mickelson finished the game at right back. Yes. So even more midfielders playing at the back and they still couldn't win. <laughs> it was one hell of a night though, wasn't it? Yeah, um, if I'm quite being honest, I nearly forgot the game was on. <laughs> I don't watch a lot of A-League these days, mostly You are quite busy football. with your women's game yeah. commitments. So. Um, but yeah, I did, get the, I did catch the end of the game, but I did not know that we were playing with a makeshift defence. All I did know is that Jack Hinger did go off because yeah. he was injured, Devere had something... But yeah, it was quite surprising that, and I have to say, Isaac did play quite well yeah. for a 16 year old. You would not know that he was out of place in that side. Same with all the midfielders that are pretty much in the back line. It was, it was a really interesting game. Like From the start, Devere got booked in about 30 seconds and then succumbed to what looked to be a knee injury inside 10 minutes. So at that point, you're already thinking the Raw's yeah. already stretched defence was well, going to be in for a little bit more he, trouble. It turns out he injured himself in that first minute tackle. <laughs> So apparently that's where he did it. So, And at that point, as a Raw fan, you could be forgiven for thinking, you know what, maybe this just isn't going to be their night. I think the people before the game thought it just wasn't going to be their night. I don't know if a lot of hope was given to Raw. I think that's why the end result was yes. just so happy. Some idiot in his video preview for work might have said, take Sydney to win because the Raw was so short-staffed at the back. And I might have had some fun with that, actually. Yeah, how long I've been waiting been? to use that for about two months, so thank you for Brisbane Raw for finally winning a game. That's right, but then... Uh, that being said, though, like the first half, even with all the injuries and changes, and obviously uh, Brennan White filling in for the suspended Jamie Young as well in goalkeeper, who does warrant a mention as he well. He was very good, by the way, not just in his saves, but also his distribution, launching counterattacks. It was very good for, given the fact he was pretty shaky on his first start, first game last week against Adelaide, understandably, but first start, he was very good. I think that's a testament to not only the 
like team around him, but the coaching staff making sure that he got himself re- he got ready for that game, and they made sure that he was re- good to go. Yeah, he hasn't played in many big games. The only big game that I know he's played in was that FFA Cup win for Redlands United a few years ago. And everyone knows the talent he has. He spent a few years down in MPL Victoria. And it's good to see him getting um, coming back up here and playing in his home state. Yeah. The f- first goal, yeah, it, if Jamie Young even got that, I don't think... It's, I still think it would have been a goal either yeah. way, it's, unless you palmed it around and were like, maybe Van der Sar from Manchester United, maybe. Oh, you God, I'm be surrounded by two United fans. See, now that's a reference <laughs> we need to hear more of, not Patriots nonsense. <laughs> but yeah, he's, he's, he was shaking in his first game, but that's understandable. You're coming on for someone yeah. who's been red-carded. You have no clue what to yeah. expect, but great it, stuff from him. Yeah. And look, I've got to give... I've got to give White credit here as well, because like, obviously all we'd really seen from him in an A-League setting is a whole lot of vigorous warming up and cooling down be- before, <laughs> during, and after games. And then, you know, he's had the whole week to get ready to play, and clearly he was good to go. And I suppose, like what we were talking about last week with Simon Smale, was he really had nothing to lose. It was a different mindset from just because well, every other week he's gone into his training for the week knowing he's probably not going to play be the backup. Last week, he did all the training as the first choice, as a goalkeeper who's going to play. It's a bit different, and it certainly helped him on Friday. Certainly. Now, I do want to uh, move on to what, for me, was my moment of the match when Jack Hingott went off with what has turned out to be an ACL injury. Uh, get well soon, Jack. Obviously, ACL you sucks. Evil person. That's your moment of the match. No. Jack Hingott going <laughs> off injured. No, I should really phrase that better. He should. So, as uh, Isaac Powell's getting ready to come on to make his debut... Mm-hmm. Uh, you can hear from my seat instructions from the raw bench, and you can see they're trying to organise a defensive reshuffle. Now, Matt Mackay had already moved into a fullback role to cover for the injury to Luke Devere. Then Jack Hinger goes off, and Steph Negro, who had been playing fullback and then centre back, had to move over to right back. Mm-hmm. Matt Mackay was informed hey, by the way, you're going to be playing centre back for the foreseeable future. <laughs> the look on his face. If that doesn't win moment of the season, I don't know what does because, let's be honest, Matt Mackay, he's a lot of things, but a stereotypical centre-back, definitely not one of them. No, he's not the tallest bloke either, which doesn't help when you yeah. want to play centre-back as well. You kind of need someone in those corners who's going to be able to head the wa- head the ball away, and I don't really see Mackay doing that sometimes. No, doing it for the short guys, though. Well, as you said, if Lee Broxman can play there, he can play there. Absolutely, but that was just a phenomenal moment, I thought, overall. <laughs> He did very well back there, actually, for a player who's never played the position at all. He was calm, composed. He did really well with that. And he's made the A-League team of the week yeah. as a centre-back. <laughs> Has he really? Yes. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Which just That's... totally makes it even better. Now, look, it's not very often we get to do this smug-loading as Brisbane Raw fans, but uh, it wasn't looking good there when Danny De Silva put them up 1-0, but then Tobias Mickelson came off, and score- came off the bench and scored for the second home game in a row. That was just a phenomenal build-up to that goal. Yeah. I was actually watching the game at this point. Oh, you were watching it this point? I was point. like, oh, we're losing 1-0. This, this, this is okay. This is all good. It's, just, it's a Sydney. We're losing 1-0. Yeah. And then he put that ball into the back and then I'm like, where has this been all season? It's almost like he's starting to finally get comfortable with the A-League. Obviously, he looked very, I don't want to say uncertain, but maybe not quite sure what he's supposed to be doing, which I suppose is technically uncertain yeah. anyway. But it just seems like he's finally starting to settle into his role. And Adam Taggart's link-up play there also warrants a mention. Yeah, from about the 65-minute mark on, which just after the goal, the Raw really started to push, and they played some really good stuff. And for me, they were well worth their goals. Mickelson came on, and yeah, he had an impact. I mean, he hasn't done much as a starter, but the last couple of games off the bench, he's been very, very effective. And 
And if nothing, we're starting to see the best of him now. That he's getting more acclimatized. It can only be a positive. Mm. I mean, there's a lot of players playing for their futures, and he's one of them. So yeah, he's certainly doing his uh, best to ensure that he's at least warranting a conversation to possibly stick around next season. Another player that we hope to see a little bit more of is, of course, Dylan Wenzel-Halls. Now, I detect a certain Western <laughs> Pride media manager looking very, very happy right now. It was awesome. <laughs> now, look. Had Liam recovered by, Friday, by Saturday night out there at Briggs Road? None. Member of the pit, Liam, of course. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, Liam couldn't make it out to that game. But I don't think he's recover. I think he's still recovering yeah, from that. Like, that would explain be a very it. long time. Yeah. <laughs> we may see. Yeah, we may see Liam uh, still going off about what was a phenomenal match-winning goal. It was. We know that Dylan can score them. Everyone knows that at the club. But to score it for Brisbane Raw in that moment yeah. was just something special for everyone that's been involved in his journey over the last few years. And it's a good reward as well. Like. Obviously, there were people that wanted him to, I suppose, get thrown in really early on. But I think now we're starting to see the dividends of him having the time to learn what learn what being part of an A-League squad is all about. Yeah. Again, we talked about this before. It was This is a Ken, Kenny SU example. You start a bit, then you get left out for a few weeks to get yourself, figure out what you need to change, and he's back in, and he's doing really well. I mean, that goal was a fantastic moment. I mean, you talk about a young player who probably grew up supporting Brisbane Raw and has... And all he's known is Brisbane Raw basically as a as a kid. So for him now to go out there and score a goal like that against the biggest rivals to win a game, it's got to be an unbelievable feeling for him. And in his second stint with the club as well, after being released from the youth squad. Yeah, yeah. I do have to say the best moment of the game was when he stroked Ryan Grant's mullet. <laughs> yes. That's the best thing that will go down in history. Actually, fun fan <laughs> moment from the stands as well. Just spending most of the second half with Ryan Grant, I'm sorry, Ryan Grant, right in front of me, and so, and basically just saying he was the reason that the Socceroos lost the Asian Cup. I don't believe that in any way, shape or form, but it was a lot of fun yelling that. <laughs> it's perfectly reasonable to me. Absolutely. Now, we want to hear some uh, post-match press conference thoughts from some people now. So we're going to start off with um, Matt Mackay talking about what it was like playing centre-back. You ever played there before? No. Never, no juniors, no nothing? No, no. I obviously played left back for the national yeah, team yeah. Um, and on occasion for the Raw, but yeah, um, yeah not centre back. It's it, it's an interesting position. Um, I got caught out a few times positionally, but um, no, it's pretty, otherwise pretty comfortable. Um, but yeah, I thought I got really good support from Isaac, to be honest. Um, he actually got really close to me and, and we kept everything wide and, um, yeah, and I was really comfortable. What were you thinking there when uh, Luke went off and Jack went off? And, you know? Yeah, obviously when when Lukey went off, I had to shift to left back. It was probably just a bit too early for Isaac to come on, um, being our only defender on the bench and um, 16, but um, he, got in, he, got on, he got his chance a lot earlier as well after, after Jack. So, um, yeah, I thought... The whole team adjusted really well. Um, you know, even when you're down to 10-minute occasion when they're off, like, you know, people are straight on thinking, okay, I'll move back to right back if Jack's off, blah, blah. So, uh, no, it was really good. Um, a really good performance. What's the mood like in the changes? All right, so that's obviously a very happy Matt Mackay there after his debut at centre-back. And another debutante that we saw with the Raw uh, in the back line was young Isaac Powell, who is making me feel very old and incompetent. What about you, Angela? <laughs> Yeah, I've watched Isaac for a few seasons now, having been an MPL media manager for a while now, and you can only see him grow, but 
in NPL, you can only train and have so much experience. So to see him get onto that stage and see him perform the yeah. way he did, you can yeah. see that there are quite a few young stars in the NPL just waiting for yeah. that chance to come through and perform. I guess I did not expect to see Isaac Powell playing on Friday night, particularly given he played in a game you were at, Angela, mm-hmm. on Tuesday, Tuesday night out at Western Pride in that round one NPL game where he played a full 90 minutes. I mean, the fact he was able to play at all three days later, third game in seven days, and play so well was fantastic as a 16-year-old making his debut. He started out doing the simple things. That's the important thing. If you're going to make your debut, you want to do the simple things right and then start building on in your game. And he was very good. Well, let's hear what the manager, Darren Davies, had to say about Isaac Powell. Yes, fantastic. Isaac, as I say, coming on, being the youngest player in the club's history, tremendous for him and didn't he do well? You know, when, when Luke went down after five, six, seven minutes, whatever it was, I was thinking, oh, well, maybe it's a bit too early to put him on, you know, because I didn't know if he'd last that long. And then when Jack goes down after 25, I thought, well, you know, now now's the time. So so he went on. But, you know, yes, let's single Isaac out for sure for his debut. But, um, you know, let's start right at the back with Whitey as well, you know, and work our way all the way through that team. Um, you know, so, you know, and as I say to to our number nines, Dills and Tags. And, and what a strike by Dills. What a fantastic goal to win the game. So that's Darren Davies talking about uh, Isaac Powell's debut there. And overall, I, I, what's, what I enjoyed the most about it was the fact that he just kept battling for the ball again and again. Like, he wasn't afraid to go into a challenge against much more fancy, fancied opponents yeah. like Milos Ninkovic. Well, by the end, he was taking the ball and pushing Rahai and Grant out of the way. Well done on the pronunciation. Yeah, the soccer... <laughs> Failure, according to you. Oh, yeah. Oh, you got no, he, did, he was very, very good. When he got more and more confident in the game, he got better and better, and he looked at home by the end, which is very impressive. So do we see him next week in Perth, or should we save that for segment four? Save that for segment four. All right. The other, I think overall, though, like the pressing from the Raw, this season and Friday night especially, this has been the best I've seen them do it probably yeah. in the last two years since we had Brandon Barello and Jamie McLaren up front. And like the high pressing there as well from everyone... I just, I'm really, really impressed with how that's going. I think it's a lot to do with now where Adam Taggart's playing. Obviously, at the start, he was more like the person who we wanted to score goals, but he's more easy to be a target man to play off to the wingers. I think that's just going to be the way that needs yeah. to go in the future. Like, obviously, he can score goals, but it's just not working yeah. at the moment. He needs to be able to play it off to people who are scoring those winners. Yeah. But I like the way that he's actually adapting yeah. to that role as well. Like, yeah. he's got the confidence now having the likes of Dylan Wenzel Halls around him. Yeah. I've got to come up with a nickname for him that's easier than saying Dylan Wenzel Halls we'll every time. come up with something. But you've got... I do really like the way that he's adapted yeah. to that role. Yeah, the pressing was, in the first year, was just mainly Matt Mackay pushing forward and doing that job. But on Friday night, the whole team... We've got to talk about Enrique in particular. He was... For a player who hasn't played a lot of 90 minutes this season, or more than he probably would have liked to, but... He was very, very good, and just in his energy, the way he was, he ran himself to a standstill. Yeah, and on, on about the hour mark, yeah. you could see him going, you could see him realising, yeah. I'm not getting subbed, am I? <laughs> I think, the, look, because Bocek picked up a knock as well, didn't yes, he? he? That's yeah. why he had to go off, so. No actual tactical substitutions at all from Darren Davies, just injury, bring someone else on. All out of necessity, so. Look, it was a good night, I'd say, overall. Well, they beat Sydney with a last-minute yeah. winner. What more do you want? Beat Sydney again? <laughs> All right, we'll see how that goes, but we're going to take a bit of a break and then come back with Brisbane Sydney Part 2 from the W League right after this.
You're listening to the Brisbane Football Review. We'll be back after this. All right, segment two of the Brisbane Football Review. It's James Scott and Angela here with you this afternoon or tonight or this morning or whenever you're actually listening to this. We're recording on a Monday because of Scott. So Thank let's you get once in. again for that. That's all right. You keep throwing me under the bus for all sorts of things. So here's payback. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, Angela's thinking, can we just get this over and done yeah. with so I can get out of here? <laughs> I'm really hungry for some reason. <laughs> we'll get, we can fix that in a sec. All right. Um, segment two, W League review. Last night out at Redcliffe, you two were out there covering the Raw season ending, unfortunately, at the hands of Sydney FC in the semifinals. Mm. And yeah. We were in the elements. Yeah, so it was a good, nice view up at the top of the Eastern Grandstand, though. Oh, so you were right up the top. Yeah, yeah right at the top. You it, couldn't have paper around. No, like, no. I was <laughs> thinking in that traditionally breezy stadium, you would have been having quite a bit of trouble there. It was quite pleasant up there, but I can imagine if you're there on a July night in the FFA Cup, it might not be quite as pleasant. pleasant, No, No, I'm fairly certain if you were calling an FFA Cup game there, you might be rugged up like we saw Brenton Speed uh, (laughs) last time as well. So, anyway, uh, Brisbane won. It's a good ground, though, to be fair. It's fantastic. I love going out there. It's perfectly suited for games like that. Yeah. Unfortunately, it didn't quite produce the result we were hoping for as Brisbane went down to Sydney 2-1. Uh, one change to the side, Jenna McCormack in for Ward and it's good to see McCormack back and I actually thought overall, you know, no signs of playing AFLW, no specky attempts, no accidental <laughs> crash tackles or, you know, trying to just get a point by going close. I think, yeah, the seasons that she's had has really helped her too, being able to the the deal that she has with the Crows that she only had to go back for one game she didn't have to do any pre-season yeah. training probably really helped her yeah. and the way she was going about playing both football and AFLW so I think that's probably mm. one of the big contributors to why she's been so well, well she was probably one of the standouts last night yeah. too so I assume Jenna's going to go back and play AFLW now while waiting for the Matildas squad or is she yeah, going to keep training or I think what? that's the only way she could probably do it yeah. she still needs to keep fit and obviously yeah. AFL will allow her to do that and Unt- collect an income mm. yep and un- until we yeah. see what happens with um, the Matilda squad we need a coach first to announce a squad <laughs> that could be quite useful yeah. get to that later yeah oh boy I'm so glad I'm so looking forward to getting yeah. into that but let's stay in on the game and overall like, it was a little bit like that Melbourne City semi-final last year where the Raw like, we're pressing, but I just felt like they were maybe playing at about yeah. 70%, 80% efficiency compared to what we've yeah. seen them capable of doing this year, Scott. Yeah, they just didn't take their chances, unfortunately, and oftentimes the last pass just wasn't quite there in the front third. It wasn't for lack of effort. It was The effort was there, the intensity was there. It just didn't come off in the front third, and it's unfortunately one of those days against the Sydney FC side who, unfortunately, have had their measure. You're talking about 5-1, 3-1, now 2-1. I mean, you have to say... They are, unfortunately, a bit of side. Yeah, you can't afford to miss chances when you're playing yeah. against Sydney FC. That's what, I think that's what the statement's been all season. Yeah. And especially with so how close W League is, it's, I think that's been the sentiment from Mel, is that yeah, you can't miss your chances yeah. or a- any chances. And that's been one of the, not issues with Raw or have, but it's been one of the things that we've seen become like a, a theme of their um, throughout any season now. I think last season they still had this um, problem with not having a main striker who you could rely on week in and week out to score all those goals. I think this year was slightly better with the attacking options they had. It just unfortunately didn't click last yeah. night. I mean, didn't click Iboga, fast enough. Yeah, Abogagoo's had a good year. Nagasai's had a good year. It just didn't click last night, unfortunately, for either and of them. And Sydney did really well to try and stop Abogagoo and yeah. um, Nagasato from getting any chances right on goal. I actually thought overall Nagasato, until her 
stoppage time goal was pretty limited overall in her impact, and that was by and large down to Sydney FC's tactics. She had that one massive chance uh, midway through the second half when she could have made it one all. I mean that goals change games, obviously. Yeah. If that goes in, we're talking about a completely different game. But I've still, but I mean compared to some of the previous games I've seen her play in, like that Melbourne victory one at Lions just before Christmas, I'm pretty sure it was, yeah. where she just ran the show there and yeah. got plenty of praise yeah. for it. I just think. Sydney knew who they needed to take out. And the other thing as well that I think uh, Rafe Griffin and Ray Dale mentioned this in commentary is it's been a really disjointed season for the likes of Chia Bogagu, having to, you know, go over and play for England, involved in camps there and everything. And obviously that would take a massive toll on you as a player. Yeah, I think that's been one of the problems of having such a short W League season and having one that's um, conflicted with camps and w- and the World Cup coming up. Obviously, we're really lucky that a lot of the players in the squad are Matilda's players, and Matilda's an Australian base, so we don't have a lot of that issue. But Chi getting called up to the squad, obviously, for the Lionesses squad meant that she would have to be away, and we'd have to find out another way to to replace her. And obviously, that's quite hard when you have such a young squad and have 17-year-olds to replace her. Not saying the 17-year-olds didn't do bad, but obviously they haven't got the experience that she yeah. does. They did very well, you're right. But the one thing is they've never had their full squad available all season. Obviously, Hayley Razzo had a very unfortunate injury in the NWSL, kept her out for the majority of the season. And when she got back, you would have thought this would be the time the Raw kick on with their full squad. But unfortunately, Katrina Gori went down. Actually, one so they never had their full team available to see what they were capable of because the individual parts are can be a fantastic team. We just never got the chance to see it this year because of injury. That is actually one player that I thought had a really good game uh, last night was Hayley Russo. Yeah. I think she's got a lot. I think it's because she has a lot to prove now yeah. coming back into a Matilda's squad and not really knowing if she'll be making the World Cup. I think that's a lot with a lot of the Matilda's players, especially last night. Yeah. You've probably seen um, like players like Caitlin Ford, Alina Kennedy, they really need to show yeah. what they're made of to make that World Cup squad. There's one yeah. player I will happily never see play the Roar again, Caitlin Ford. <laughs> I told you last week we should have tied her shoelaces together or something. Well, I, I suggested it. I, it's not my fault nobody listens to the yeah. crazy guy with the microphone yeah. here. All right. Um, before we go any further, I want to get uh, Mel Andretta's thoughts on the game from uh, the press conference last night. Tough night. Yeah, we're disappointed. It's a different feeling from last year. Um, I think, uh, yeah, we were in situations there where we could have, you know, taken the game and or got back in the game and then taken it, but it wasn't a B and they're a very good side and in the end, uh, they they deserve the result. Well, to be as the result against Sydney this year, were you expecting what was happening today or did you go on with a completely new game plan from the previous few games you had played against them? Um, no, we thought they wouldn't change much. Um, we did, we tinkered with a few different things. Um, our midfield shape and the um, tasks for our wingers and and then yeah we had a plan B if we were chasing the game and you know I am really proud of the girls they were brave and even though we went down a player we still went to that plan B um, which was you know 4-2-4 and we went for it with three at the back <laughs> and it resulted in the goal and um, before that though uh, you know we had some really good chances with Yuki and um, one-on-one with Aubrey, so um, it would have been interesting if had that have gone in and then we got that other goal, what the game might have been, but, you know, that's football. It breaks your heart. <laughs> All right, so that was Mel Andretta after the game featuring the Redcliffe wind. And, yeah. I did the best I could to edit that down. <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately. Uh, no, it was fine. Yeah. It was fine. 
Um, yeah, so obviously Caitlin Ford opened the scoring, then there was a second goal from Sofia Huerta, and yeah. from there, you could just tell when that went to 2-0, it was going to be a yeah. massive task for the Raw to come back. It was a good set-piece move from Sydney, but defending there, probably a couple of players might not be the happiest with their defensive effort on that, but... Live and learn. Yeah. Obviously, the Raw fans there were hoping for a 2011 grand final repeat, but... <laughs> I certainly was. But we haven't got Eric Pardalou. So. <laughs> you got it, to be fair. <laughs> no, but I do feel like you've got a mid... You know, the number six in that same sort of vein with uh, Celeste Brier. So yeah, true. Brier. I, I was pronouncing it fine last season, but this year I just can't seem to get it right. So apologies for that. Um, it obviously became very, very difficult for the Raw when they went down to 10 players yeah. with a red card for Natalie Tatham. And yeah, that wasn't a smart move, was it? No, it was pretty obvious from where we were. Like, yeah. you could be... To get, to get a red card was like 100% justified yeah. in that situation. Could have been less obvious and you may have gotten a yellow. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's it was... one of those where you, you make a football challenge... You might get a yellow card. Same as Daniel Bowles in the A-League a couple of weeks ago where he, just, where he dragged a player back. This was blatant, obvious. Yeah. Only one decision could be made. It was one of those ones where it was, do I trust the goalkeeper or do I just take the hit and trust yeah. everyone to make to get the job done? And look, in the heat of the moment, I think you'd find probably more than 50% of defenders would make that same decision. Oh, yeah. and, you know, any, any defender loves a good uh, hard challenge, so why not? <laughs> but yeah, then look, it was a phenomenal goal from um, Yuki Nagasato to what? bring the Raw back into it. And she just pulls yeah. those out of the back yeah. of her pocket these days now. She just That's why she's a World Cup yeah, winner. There were a couple of other really good chances as well. I mean, Jenna McCormick pushing forward, playing on the left side of defence at that point, had a great chance just before that as well. And there was some... Uh, if that goes another five minutes, maybe they do jag an equaliser. We go to extra time. They really they got really into came in that strong, final five yeah. minutes. So I don't think that's completely yeah. out of the question. No, it wasn't. Um, yeah, we really did need more time to... <laughs> try and go to, to get another goal, but it really shouldn't have gotten to that yeah. stage in, at the end of the day. They had a fantastic first half. It was quite even between the yeah. two sides despite the Sydney scoring, but the second half just fell away mm. from them. And I, I don't know if it was just because of the break and they had no momentum going forward mm. and Sydney just had another gear to kick into yeah. or what it was, but it's a learning, it's a le- another learning curve for next season. Well, speaking of learning curves as well, so that's obviously two years in a row the Raw have been able to earn a home final and two years they've fallen mm. at that point. Yeah. We've spoken about them having such a young squad. I'm not, I kind of feel like maybe the stage might have been a little bit big for them, but it's, it is something that you kind of think the last two years maybe they are going to learn from and hopefully go on with it next year. I don't know if the stage was too big because I thought the young players were very good on last night, but Maybe. It's a, it's a great learning tool, you're right, because you're a 16, 17-year-old playing against senior professionals. Like, Leah Davidson's a great example. She's marking Chloe Legazzo. You, that's a player who you expect to go make an impact at the World Cup, and you're marking her, basically. That's that's about the best experience you're going to get at that age. I mean, you're only going to be better for that going forward, and it is a great learning experience from this whole season, not just the final, but the whole season getting a regular run, not just one game here and there. It's being a regular in the squad and Anna McGrath got regular games, Indy Page Riley got regular games. I mean, all of those players who did so well in the NTC program have, will benefit massively from this. And it's the only way forward, really, when you think about how many Matildas players are going, or could retire in the future, yeah. how many we could possibly lose through anything, being able to have those players who are back, backups. Like, you look at Princess Avene is a perfect example. Yeah. She started her career as a 15-year-old in the W League, yeah. and she's only grown to be a phenomenal player, taking over from Lisa Devanna on yeah. the regular now. So, And she's probably pushing really hard for Matilda's one at that yeah. World Cup. And Beanie was very good last night as well. 
for Sydney FC. Yeah, really, really gave Natalie Tate's my hard time down that left hand side for Sydney. That's another. That's another family that I would happily, you know, never see against the Raw in a final again because I still remember Bernie Abini <laughs> crushing the Raw in that 2011 Grand Final. So, as a fan perspective, love their work, but please don't ever come so, back to no more Abinis and no more Fords, huh? Yep. Okay. Just, uh, I'm just putting in that as yeah. an official request for next okay. season. Now, season recap. Uh, Seven wins, three draws, two losses, 20 points, eight fewer than last season, but still good enough for second place in what was a very, very tight competition overall. Yeah, you kind of never knew what was going to happen. And I think that was right from the start. At at the women's game, we all put our predictions down of who was going to make top four, who was going to be premiers, and who was going to be champions. No one got it right. (laughs) I think think your best option for next year as well, if you're going to pick every game, flip a coin. Yeah. (laughs) Or find like a three-way pick, way to make a three-way pick so you have the draw involved as well. And just... Because if you go off like last season's results, no one, no actually only one person picked Melbourne Victory to make top four. Let alone no one picked them yep. to win the premiership. That was down to City and Sydney winning the premiership. Yeah. But obviously that was a change there. It's 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 great to have this regular competition in W League and to have this kind of tough competition. It's what they've been asking for for yeah. so long. Yeah, the tail end of the W League season last year, all the teams at the bottom of the table last year really did well. I mean, Victory won the Premiership. Adelaide were fantastic. This is the first time Adelaide have been truly competitive. I mean, they were, what, three points outside the top four by the end or something? That was. And it was unfortunate it, that they yeah, missed finals, that's, but... That's the best season they've ever had, I mean. And even the Wanderers, like, they were yeah. in pretty poor stretch when we saw them up at Redcliffe yeah. a few weeks ago. Well, a month yeah. and a half ago now, but, like, they even they came on as the season went on. Yeah, I think it's just... If we had a longer season, I think you'd see who the front runners really are. You mm. really need those a full home and away season for each yeah. team to be able, to, and everyone then will each get an equal chance. I did actually think when Sydney beat the Raw up here a few weeks, ago, I did think they would go on and win the premiership there. So I thought they, I thought they've been the best team of the season. That's just my view. But yeah, let's hear what Mel Andretta had to say about the season. I'm most proud of um, the development of the footballers um, in this program. We've had. Six 17-year-olds debut for this club. And I'm, I'm, I don't know, you guys probably look at the stats more than me, but I'm not sure if any other club can say that they've done that. Um, and they've made significant contributions um, to our success. Um, we lost Katrina Gorey, uh, but our young midfielders stood up. And to Katrina's um, credit, she's been around the team and influencing the young players and, and still contributing uh, off the field, the senior players, um, Jen um, and Alira, you know, pushing their case for um, Matilda's selection at the Cup of Nations. I'm proud of that and their efforts to be better again this season and and help us get into second. Um, and no mean feat in this league to finish second in the regular season, then get yourself into a semi-final. Um, the staff, we've got such young staff um, taking on more responsibility. Um, and gain more experience. I'm, I'm proud of them too. And um, the club support as well, it's really um, stepped up um, and we're all behind being the best that we can be. And um, there's plenty, I think, there to be proud of. Next season, um, it's a bit soon to be looking that far ahead. <laughs> um, but we'll keep doing what we're doing. I mean, we finished first last year on 28 points. Uh, and to to, to explain, you know, do what we've done, which I've just explained, and finish second on 20 points. Our, our youth system is good. Our, our football department is experienced in developing good players. So we'll look to continue.
continue giving those young players an opportunity over the winter. We'll look to continue giving our um, senior players opportunities in boys' competitions and um, internationally in, in good quality competitions to keep progressing and being better. And I'll keep looking and recruiting, um, you know, that X Factor player who can who can help us, you know, win the Premier's plate again and, and a championship. <laughs> So that's Mel Andretta obviously wrapping up a season that ended a week earlier than what a lot of us were hoping for. But I still think there were plenty of good moments overall there. I can think of two right off the bat. So I'm hoping that you two aren't going to actually steal both of those moments and leave me to scramble. I'd go first if you, you want. Go, go, actually go first. We don't steal them when we have to think. Well, yeah. I was going to say, best moment, uh, India Paige Riley scoring with a backside. Oh, okay. And uh, best game, obviously, that 4-3 against victory out at Lions in the rain. That. They were just phenomenal. Well, I'm going to steal your best game because yep. it's obvious. But I'll go best moment: Haley Razzo's return, and just the way she's. Well, don't I look like a heartless? <laughs> just the way that she's been able to just play the best she ever. Oh, not the best she ever has, but best straight back to her best form. Given the horrific injury she had, the way she's been able to contribute has been fantastic. Along with some of the younger players getting opportunities, they're the two for me. Yeah, I feel silly now for saying my best moment. <laughs> we were discussing this before, but my best moments when you any time Yuki Nagasato scored, I just think it's. Fantastic to watch a World Cup winner. Just she's uh, this, we have Sam Kerr in the league, and Nikki Nagasato is just on another level. Yeah. I think she just, I think the goal she scored, or oh, would it have been the Canberra game? It was a game at Suncorp when she just rounded the yeah. goalkeeper, and that yep. was just like hands down, that's just the best <laughs> thing like ever. <laughs> I don't have a favorite game. It was quite stressful yeah. watching games. <laughs> All right, so things to look forward to for next season. I think we've kind of touched on that a little bit just with the progression of the young players, like the yeah. aforementioned in Page Riley and whatnot, um, and what they're going to do with more game time under their belts. And I'd like to see a lot of this team return as well, just to see what it can actually achieve when it's fully healthy, because I think it's got a lot of potential in it. You hope that our internationals can return yeah. as well, and hopefully the Matildas who are in the squad c- yeah. continue to stay with the squad too. I think having Celeste and Carson come back as well is only just going to keep mm. our back line and yeah. our midfield really strong. Yeah, bring those two back. And also, I'm looking forward to seeing Katrina Gorey for a full season yeah. next year as well because I, I feel a bit robbed that she got injured. Absolutely. I bring back all four foreigners, to be honest. They've all added a lot to the side. And the more they play together, even I know they're going to be playing for different teams for the next few months, but you bring them all back, they could be a great combination. So, You've seen Yuki you actually get better and better as the season's gone on. And if a Bokugu can settle here and not have to travel to the UK every couple of weeks for international duty... I think you can see more from her as well. Yeah, we'll just blame Phil Neville for that. Yep. <laughs> Let's just blame Phil Neville for a lot of things. <laughs> He's the less talented Neville. He's the less talented. Yes. Well, one thing that I'm not quite sure we can blame Phil Neville for is the Matilda's situation. No, we're blaming Phil Neville for that. His <laughs> <laughs> side did play against the Matildas last year. There's got to be something in that. Yeah, right, so it's definitely all his fault. But uh, obviously, Alan Stadrich had his uh, press conference this morning where he basically said... Not as much as I was expecting, though. Saying basically, like, I'm just here to try and clear my name. Obviously, I didn't know what was going on, and he'd actually helped with the survey as well. So, wasn't it a fun Monday morning for you, Angela? Yeah, waking up to that, and everyone messaging me, "What's going on?" I'm like, I've just woken up. It's eight o'clock here in Brisbane. What do you think is going on? But obviously, it's it's been a real weird situation, especially working in it quite closely. I do know Stadge quite well. Quite interview him quite a bit when anything happens with the Matilda. So when the news did break of everything going on, it was shocking. 
But it's kind of everything that he did say. It's kind of everything that everyone thought that mm. no one knows why he was sacked still. Yeah. Well, clearly someone knows why he was sacked. It's just that information hasn't been made public yet. It's an absolute shambles, this. It's, At some point, we're going to have to get an answer, aren't we? This is going to be a phenomenal movie one yeah. day. It's one of those things that you'll get at university now in a PR mm. class saying, this is how you don't handle someone sucking, yeah. or in a law class saying, this is what you don't do mm. when sucking someone. Yeah, I I don't... like. I, we said this when it ha- broke three weeks ago. Like, It would just be nice to have a little bit of an idea what's going on. Like, Maybe we don't need every single dirty little detail, but just a rough idea going, hey... Maybe this happened, or this didn't happen, or just something. I feel I like we're I, a little bit closer yeah. after what Alan said today, but there's still a lot of questions to be answered from the FFA side. One of the biggest things was when the yes, when the situation first broke and Gallup held that first press conference mm. ever with Niku, was we asked the question, is this similar to what happened with New Zealand football? With the um, football fans there, their coach was... Um, stood down over bullying allegations. Players were deciding that they did not want to play for the national team anymore if he was going to be there. They did an investigation. But when, we, when Gallup was asked that question, he's like, it's not the same as situation. But we've come to later conclude that he probably had no clue what that situation <laughs> was, which doesn't help it any further because that could have really cleared a bunch yeah. up if it was similar to that. And just thinking about it from in terms of like the PR of the new FFA board, it's really not helping them out, is it? No, it's you don't want... You don't want to start this way off as a new ball. We thought we were going into a new era, but in the words of Stephen Laurie, when he left, he pretty much said that we're going to be in the shits, didn't he? Yeah. And look, it's there's still a lot more to go. Unfortunately, it's just one of those things you've just got to sit back and, I suppose, just wait for more to come about it. And hope it doesn't ruin things in June. Because if, if this goes wrong now at the World Cup, this is what everyone's going to talk about. Well, even if the Matildas don't make it out of the group stages, this is what we're going to talk mm. about. If they don't make it past the quarterfinals, this is what we're going to talk yeah. about. Because the, as Stadge did say, and I think this is the best time for us to win a World Cup, yeah. and that's what we, they everyone expected us to do. I'm not. Go, I'm not going to buy into the idea that you know, with Stadge before all of this went down, the idea that you know there were clear favourites or everything. But I certainly think there were. You wouldn't have looked crazy saying mm. Australia is. Yeah. Going to win the World Cup, Things, not like Xavi yeah. p- picking Qatar for the Asian Cup. <laughs> so, but the general sports manager had been conditioned to believe they were going to win the World Cup because they've gone so well and they've now become household names of Sam Kerr, etc. But you're right; not, if they don't make at least to where they got to last time, it, this will be a big part of the reason why in a lot of people's eyes. Yeah. All right, let's take a little bit of a break. Mm-hmm. We can blame Phil Neville for that, and when we come back, we'll talk about the news and the NPL. You're listening to the Brisbane Football Review. We'll be back after this. All right, back on the Brisbane Football Review. It's James Scott and Angela here this afternoon, and uh, we've actually got some breaking news that's come out in the last hour or so while we've been recording. And according to Wayne Hay, who is the senior correspondent for Al Jazeera English, uh, it seems like the Hakim Al-Arabi situation in Thailand is about to be resolved, and uh, according to Wayne on Twitter... It seems like the Attorney General's office says Bahrain is no longer seeking his extradition. Uh, the judge has approved the submission from the Attorney General and Hakeem will be released. So that's very good news. Absolutely, it is. And fantastic news. And really congratulations to Craig Foster, who's done a fantastic job championing this through the media. 
getting both national and international mm. attention for this issue. It's been fantastic work from him. Yeah, I don't think if Craig Foster was doing the work he was doing that we would mm. know who Hakeem was or any yep. other situation that was unfolding. I think when it first started that it's great that the football community got behind yeah. Hakeem and did what they did. And yeah. just showed the power of sport and power of football in the world yeah. and what they can do. Absolutely. Now, obviously, it's still a work in progress, so keep up to date with your news outlets and whatnot going forward. But, um, yeah, as it stands this afternoon, it seems like there's some very good news on the way. So that's fantastic. Now, we've got to make the very awkward pivot back to our regularly scheduled (laughs) news segment and start off with uh, an update on the Raw coaching situation. And Darren Davies offered his position on his future with the Raw during the press conference on Friday night. We asked you yesterday about uh, whether you're interested in you said you may have to buy and then you might uh, tell the players sometime. Is this, uh, yeah. this wind dummy thing or have you, have you like told them or have you any that? Yeah, yes. So, um, as I said yesterday, I had made a decision and, um, and obviously uh, that opened the can of worms um, and I felt it was right to tell the players. Um, so I told the players this evening. Um, I told them before the game, I wanted them to be the first to know, out of respect. They've done everything for me. Um, they've been there for me. And, um, you know, sometimes uh, sometimes in life, it's about opportunity and timing. And the opportunity to, to, have let, to lead this football club is one that I am privileged to be in. I'm privileged to be in the position. And it's been an honour to, to lead the football club and to, to, to lead that, that group. Um, but it's also about timing and um, right now I've decided that the timing's not right for me and um, I won't be putting my hand up for the job at this moment in time. Over the course of the last um, number of weeks it's given me a belief, an appetite and a passion that I know that I can do it and I will do it at some point but as I say maybe the timing is, uh, is, is not right for me at the moment. What I will say is that I will continue to lead the club, I will help the club to um, find a coach, whoever they want to do, and I will lead the club, the players, and everybody else until I'm told otherwise. All right, so that's Darren Davies on Friday night, at least ending the speculation in terms of his uh, position with the raw coaching job. Um, kind of expected when he said, you know, uh, on Thursday, I've made my decision, and it seems like if he was going to put his name yeah. in the ring then... He would have done that already, but it seems like, you know, I'll be leading the club until I'm told otherwise. Maybe they just don't tell him and he keeps coaching. That's it's, always a big yeah. possibility. <laughs> it is at the moment. You're right. It's interesting. He, every time he's been asked about does he want to be the coach going forward, he's never given a definitive yes. He's always stopped and thought and then given his answer, which makes you think he never... I don't know if he was ever truly considering being the coach at this point in time. I think he, for him it might be best, and as he talked about, to spend more time developing and then get into it. Yeah, well, kind of like what we're seeing with the W League side a little bit as well, with yeah. Mel Andretta talking about the uh, vacant Matilda's job, mm-hmm. saying that, you know, maybe there's a bit more growth to be done as a coach before taking on that role. It's always a big role to take on a head coach role in any position. Yeah. There's so much that they players that would rely on you, the club relies on you, and mm-hmm. technically you are the first person everyone blames if the team's not doing well. Yeah, it, yeah it's a little bit more in-depth than what uh, my football manager yeah. experience suggests. So it seems football, like a lot of work. Football manager is not real, but... Darren Davies has shown even in his ten, 10 games he's coached now that he has the potential to be a very good coach going forward when he gets that more experience under his belt. He's 
given the circumstances he took over and he's done a pretty good job. Yeah. And he's gotten the side playing very hard for him as well. Yeah. So uh, I suppose back to back to the drawing board in terms of just a few names that are in the mix as well. So I saw there was a tweet from uh, Marco uh, from Val from the Adelaide uh, paper talking about Marco Kurz's future being up in the air. We spoke about that yeah. last week. He's just one of a few possibilities. Yeah. He's another another possibility who's been linked to a job really over He left Adelaide last week as well. Yeah, less keen on him personally. Absolutely. <laughs> I'm just pointing it out that he's been linked to the job in the past in the media and he left Adelaide last week. So There is still uh, some confirmed, well, not completely confirmed change going on in the Royal <laughs> backroom staff as well with um, the announcement that Petrodinovic will be leaving for Melbourne City. So, mm-hmm. you know, I uh, guess Melbourne City might not be signing any raw players just yet, but they're just going for the backroom staff at the moment. <laughs> the opposite to the approach to Melbourne Victory, huh? Yeah, poaching, yeah, poaching the players and, in yeah. one case, a coach. Um, and taking over his role will be Shane Stefanudo, who is, uh, I suppose, graduating from Head of Media and Corporate Affairs. Now, this is Marco Monteverde's story as well. Yeah. Uh, he had that this morning, which was another thing to wake up, another breaking <laughs> story to wake up to this morning. And... Yeah, I think that's an interesting move for sure. Yeah, aren't you glad we're recording on a Monday now with all this news happening? Yeah, I'm glad that I haven't had any time to digest it. Right, Angela? Yeah, I, I, when I woke up today, I'm like, oh, so just just another thing to wake up to my Monday morning <laughs> on, another news thing, what's going on? I thought, you know, nice, easy morning, get up, go for a run, watch a bit of the ice yeah. hockey this morning, and no, just more more news than I cared to digest without coffee. I think he'll be pretty good in this role, though. He's obviously a highly experienced player, played overseas, played for the national team. He's been around the football club for a while. He's, If you're looking for continuity in the role, he's probably a really good choice for it. Yeah, absolutely. And best of luck to, well, not Pedge going to Melbourne City because you're going to Melbourne City. <laughs> but he was nice in the five words that he said to me the one time I met him. So, oh, <laughs> And yeah, good luck to Shane in the new role and probably should also mention good luck to Aaron as well taking over the media manager role. Yeah, we should mention that. Yes. Let's see if he's listening. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll find out if we get it. I'll find out if we get a message tomorrow saying yeah. thanks. So, yeah, a uh, bit of backroom change going on at the Raw. Um, one player who will be out for the rest of the season will be Jack Hingett. As we mentioned, ACL yep. injury, which was very, very unfortunate. And I think anyone who's had an ACL knows how much that sucks. It's just awful to hear that that was the end result for Jack, yeah. too. He's had It's been such a tough mm. season for Raw already. Yeah. and. Yeah, it's just awful that he doesn't get to play the rest of the season. We didn't mention it in segment one, but we were talking about it in our group chat, how we could pretty much tell, watching the replay, that this was inevitable. And the fact he played on for another 10 minutes, I find that unbelievable, that he was had the the willingness and the courage to be able to do it. I know Daniel Bowles did for about 90 seconds in injury time down in Melbourne a couple of years ago, but to play about 10 minutes on a knee that needs ACL surgery, that's a fantastic That is not effort. stable in any way, yeah. shape or form. Yeah. Like, that's a fantastic effort. I know he was clearly hobbling, but to be even, to have the guts to be able to do that is fantastic. Yeah, and even just holding down the fort while, I think it was Isaac Powell, that yeah. was the, Isaac Powell, yeah, uh, while he got ready to come on and just play, yeah. it was certainly, you know, a testament to his toughness and hopefully he'll be back bigger and str- bigger, well, maybe not bigger, but <laughs> fitter and stronger next season. And I do think, like, if you're judging overall this season, Hingit, I don't think he's quite been himself lately and maybe a bit of time off to get himself mentally right is going to be big for him as well. Absolutely. If he ever wants to come on the show while he's, on, while he's out injured, one-time podcast guest, he's always welcome. Yeah, we'll happily have him back as well and um, replace the other guy who's normally in uh, Angela's chair. What I thought we name? sold him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, we're still waiting for that transfer fee to come through. But yeah, obviously, yeah. I uh, hope... 
he gets uh, healthy soon. I completely lost track on what I was saying. Uh, Jamie Young's appeal is set to be heard on Wednesday night on his band as well. So, mm-hmm. were we recording in our regularly scheduled Wednesday window, then we, we still wouldn't have that news anyway. Probably not. No, <laughs> it's, we'd. Pro- it's a bit weird with this Jamie Young situation. I didn't think that they'd hold off until Wednesday to do as I thought at least last week. Yeah. So going into the next few weeks, if we do have to, Brandon mm-hmm. might still has to continue. Yeah. That that we we'd know, but. But I suppose yeah. they're just trying to get it. De- if they're just trying to get it down to two mm-hmm. games, that makes total sense. Is yeah, it, it is highly inefficient. You think about some of the other codes like the AFL and the NRL. If you're having an appeal process, it's always in the week straight after. It's, it's a Tuesday not, night. It's just not not ten days after the incident. It's. Odd that it takes this long to. But then again, have an I'm appeal. guessing the FFA board are having their meeting tonight, so that's probably. There could be some other stuff going. On. <laughs> <laughs> it's not the first time this has happened, though. You've seen oh. in the past, there's been players who've had to wait a week to have an appeal. So. Well, the only the only thing I can think of for that is they've gone. Well, look, you're getting one game anyway, no matter what. True. And yeah. since the appeal isn't necessarily on the ban itself, just the severity of it, yeah. it could just be a case of take your time, get it right. You know, you're missing one anyway. So, anyway, um, Backry's update. Uh, Chris Fong has said we will rebuild raw culture. That little, uh, <laughs> yeah, that says all we need to know there. And on selling the club, there are always agents ringing up and saying they have a deal, but we're not interested. Chris Fong said, uh, "It's not even how much; it's simply that we're not interested. No one is not interested in selling. He's more concerned about building a performing team." Well, look, we've got two performing teams right now in the W League and Youth League side. Let's just see if we can get all three. Let's go for a hat trick. What do you say? We can hope. Yeah. <laughs> this went down really well on Thursday morning when this story broke. I think it was on SBS. But it's interesting. I mean, you're right. I mean, you're talking about club culture as well, rebuilding that. I mean, going back to one of the first stories, Shane, who was a part of that, when Ange brought the whole culture in, would be, if you're looking to bring that culture back in the football director role, that'd be a good way to do it as well. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and it also seems like the one thing that I think gets a little bit I don't want to say lost in the matter, but it's one thing that we've heard about the Backries all along and is that they're football fans first and foremost. So clearly, like, it's not a case of necessarily wanting to sell a club to make money. It's a case of, I suppose, look, if I was that rich, I'd love to say, hey, guess what? I own a football team. (laughs) So it could just be a case of saying, like, no, we're football fans. We want to be involved by owning it. Mm. I don't know. That's just a bit of a left-field thought that I had randomly late one night while They have been a, a very long-term owner now. People thought they might not be around for so long, but it's closing on 10 years since they've been the owners of the club. Exactly. So they obviously have a passion for it, depending on what you, no matter what you think of them. And for all the complaints about not spending money, there has been funds poured into the club. Yeah. I just... Yeah, you hope that maybe there's a bit more to come going forward. And well, like we're not, they're not Melbourne City. No. <laughs> we, we, I think a lot of fans ask for too much or expect too much. This is A League. This is an EPL. This is in La Liga. Yeah. A lot. You can't just pour money into a club and hope for the best because sometimes pouring money into the club doesn't always give you the best. Yeah. And well, it's the old saying, you know, how do you, um, how do you uh, make ten million dollars starting a football club? Start with a hundred million. Exactly, but look, it's it's an ownership it's an ownership yeah. situation that unfortunately is what it is. There clearly isn't a lot of goodwill right now, and yeah, it, that could swing around very quickly as well. If the team starts performing on the A League side starts performing on the field as well. That's where a lot of these fortunes, but the ownership tend to ride when they're performing very well. The owners tend to not be at the forefront, and people worrying about them. Now that the team is struggling, people are more concerned about the ownership and the direction of the club. And so if we can get that team right, 
just won't be an issue as much. And also, I kind of wonder if a few of the owners are maybe keeping a little bit of their powder dry with the potential future independence of the A-League as well. Like, we keep hearing that about Melbourne City. We keep... I wouldn't be surprised if there are a couple of other owners here and there that are just waiting for, mm. I suppose, the green light yeah. to go. I don't know. Well, didn't Anthony Di Pietro say at a victory luncheon late last week that they're looking at this by March? Yeah. Independent A-League, they're be. expecting a model to come out by that, by March. So if that happens, we may very well have it for the start of next season. Mental note, very must remember that for a show in March. <laughs> I hope he did say that now in his... In his um, well, State of the Union address he gave. If not, uh, Brisbane Football Review at gmail.com. <laughs> Attention, Scott. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> All right, let's get on to NPL because there was a dramatic round of events. Uh, we'll start off with the Raw uh, Youth League, uh, well, NPL side, winning 5 2 at Southwest Queensland Thunder. Daniel Leck got a hat trick. Good for him. They just, they he needs to be playing A League. He does. They conceded the first goal in this game and they just said, nah, it's time to turn it on. And they just. In about a 20-minute period, they just blitzed Southwest Queensland Thunder. And Daniel Leck was fantastic. The football the front uh, plays in transition, Leck, Brady, Maradovic is fantastic stuff, and there's got to be a spot for at least one of them coming up soon in the A-League We squad. didn't even have them playing against... We didn't have Leck, we didn't have the big-name yeah. players playing against us at Pride, but they were just a step above. And you can see how yeah. good having the Y-League is for them. Yeah. Having consistent football... Just having consistent football, that's all yeah. you need to be able to be good. Well, how many players... How many... You know, uh, for current and former players, do you say, here saying the best part of their development was the fact that they had so much football growing up. It was just games, training, games, training. Um, moving on, Lions, uh, late goal from Marek Mudley, as I found out last Saturday night, uh, gives Lions their first three points of the season over Gold Coast United in a game that was a bit of an arm wrestle for most of the uh, night. I didn't see very much of it, but it arm wrestle sounds about right. Uh, Angela, you might be able to help us out. Western <laughs> Pride 2, Gold Coast Knights 3. It was one hell of a game by all accounts, as uh, the aforementioned Liam was mentioning on Twitter. <laughs> yeah, it was a... Pride obviously got the first goal, then Knights came from behind, Pride came from yeah. behind to level it, and then it was just an injury time goal. Biggest lesson learned out of that is that you can't trust Sam Smith in front of the goal. If he gets the ball, it's going in. Yeah. <laughs> but also the... A, Brilliant strike from Alex Parsons yeah. from the for a free kick. It was, was absolutely phenomenal. beautiful, yeah. and he's just only going to produce more as he gets yeah. more experience. He has been dubbed the next Dylan Wendell Halls though at the club, oh, but I don't think he likes having the ten. <laughs> <laughs> he did score a free kick though, didn't he? That's very Dylan Wendell Halls. It was very Dylan. I think Dylan scored the biggest free kick in Western. <laughs> <Prime> <laughs> yeah. And it was celebrated nearly as good as that. <laughs> yeah, I think I still got the video of that lying around somewhere. It's probably on our Facebook page as well. Um, okay. From that grand final, or the or maybe not the free kick, but at least the full time whistle from that grand final as well. Oh, that was bonkers. <laughs> that was mental. I'm just standing there on the sideline, trying not to get run over. <laughs> I was probably one of those people running people over. <laughs> Entirely possible. Now, there was probably the biggest uh, drama of the weekend was at East in the Football oh, Queensland match of the round, which had <laughs> yes. uh, Simon calling his first yes. game of the season mm. and. Three red cards, just, you know, yeah. your average game. And then a uh, massive comeback for Penn Power to pick up a 3-2 win over East. Definitely guess, a match of the yeah. round, though. It was very much. <laughs> I'll give Simon credit, too, because he did give a great stat very early in the call about Jordan Ballarezzo saying he got sent off 90 seconds into his debut. I think it was for <laughs> Brisbane City back in the day. And in this game, look, look Jordan Freeman scored a couple of very good goals and then he... A shocking challenge. I think it was on Sam Cronin in his abdomen almost with his boot. It was He got a yellow card for that. It should have been a straight red and then... All hell broke loose, basically, pushing and shoving. And, yes, three red cards. It was all, all three justified. It was just one of those 
unbelievable scenes. You had to see it to believe it. It was remarkable. And like yeah. it, it did also help that it was right in front of the camera yeah. as well. So you were just sitting there going, oh my the God. The camera angle was perfect for it too, wasn't it? You couldn't miss it. Yeah, I, I'm pretty sure in the uh, comments section there would have been a few VARs <laughs> suggesting that, you know, that player yeah. should have been sent off, that player should have been sent off. And... The YouTube... Um, talk for that it's always brilliant I yeah. will say that now yeah. thank you Football Queens for putting them all on YouTube yes. <laughs> it's remarkable yeah so just that. about Peninsula as well this is the second week in a row they've had a comeback in the second half to get all three points for them that's a massive thing yeah they're oh, six points from their first two NPL yeah. games that's probably a better start than what they would have been uh, hoping for yeah. so good start for Penn Power yeah now uh, coming up this weekend Friday night at Redlands uh one of our favourite match nights going on. It's a good time to get out there too before it gets too cold. Yeah, you may only need a light jacket instead yeah. of a massive down jacket mm-hmm. and three jumpers underneath. Yeah. Uh, Redlands <laughs> hosting Brisbane Raw uh, NPL side, so that actually is going to be a really good game. Um, Redlands coming off a 2-1 loss to Strikers as well, so yep. I think we're going to see a few goals in this game. Yes, well... At, at both ends of the pitch, to I be think honest. last year it was 4-3 mm-hmm. in this fixture pretty early With in the season. With a very so. late goal in that one as well. Yes. it's Yeah, I think the main thing will be the Redlands to have a very... They have half a uh, youth squad mm-hmm. pretty much playing. So you're playing up against a youth league team that just won the championship. Mm-hmm. They've played regular football compared to a team that's quite an experience. Yeah. It could be an interesting telling tale. And I've said it before and I'll say it again. I think a lot of these, I suppose, more senior-based NPL sides, although they're going to treat this first uh, month of the season as a bit of an extended preseason. Oh, yeah. It always is that way that some teams, you just try and gel. You try... Even when you have preseason games and tournaments, you're Mm -hmm. not going to gel properly. You're mixing with formulas. You're mixing with tactics. So, probably about, say, Mm -hmm. end of February, you see who the front runners are, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. And also, uh, this weekend, so Saturday, you've got Pen Power versus Brisbane City. Oh, that's going to be fun. Um, <laughs> Top of the table clash, actually, isn't it? Yes, after Brisbane City's 3-0 win over Sunshine Coast. You've also got East against Gold Coast United, Lions versus Moreton Bay. Uh, then Sunday, it's Gold Coast Knights versus Southwest Queensland, Sunshine Coast versus Brisbane Strikers, and Olympic versus Western. Sorry, Pride. that's going to be scratched as well. Olympic can't play games this year. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be postponed. Until, yeah. It's going to be postponed until November. They must be itching to get a game the way... I know they play pre-season games and games like they've organised games, but they must be desperate to get underway. If there's not one just ridiculous challenge <laughs> in the first 15 minutes just from over-excitement, I'm going to be yeah. very, very disappointed. And can we get as good as the semi-final between those two sides last year as well? That'd be good if we can get a game as good as that. That'd be great. I can uh, only hope. Yeah. Except I just want a different result than that semi-final. <laughs> <laughs> and Magpies Crusaders are on a bye. So, yeah, yeah full action of NPL. Yep. And we've also got... A full round of uh, NPLW this weekend with round one in that competition kicking off with mm-hmm. East against Gold Coast United on Friday night. And the champion Raw NTC side begin their campaign at home to Palabar on well, Saturday night. At to be confirmed venue. They're listed, they're listed as the home team, but there's no venue on the Sports CG website. You can't trust Sports CG. They're not updating anything. <laughs> <from our> <laughs> <moment>. <laughs> I don't even know who's playing for teams anymore. Yeah. Let's go to team sheet. Well, we just know that the Raw will be at home to Palabar. We don't know where, but they'll be at home. Yes. At least nominally. All right, let's take a break and we'll come back with our A-League preview for the weekend. We'll be back right after this. You're listening to the Brisbane Football Review. We'll be back after this. All right, welcome back to the Brisbane Football Review. It's James Scott and Angela here for the A-League preview segment four of this. But before we do that, Angela, we should probably give a quick plug to the women's game. 
Yes, you can. I, I remember that this time again. <laughs> you can find us you sure? at yeah. <laughs> you can find us at the women's game on Twitter and Instagram, and at the women's game Oz A U S. That's how you spell Oz on Facebook. Um, we don't have Snapchat. That's a bit weird. And no, Snapchat <laughs> still scares me. And if you would like to get in contact with us, you can go to the contact page on our website because I'm not too sure who's listed there. <laughs> But that's just a generic site-wide thing. Yeah, no. at least at least someone will yeah. get it then. <laughs> and congratulations for being nominated at the Australian Sport Awards, Sport Media Awards last week as well. Thank you. We didn't win, but that's okay. We yeah. got nominated. But being nominated is all that counts. <laughs> yes, yes, that's all that counts. Yeah. And don't trust media people with an open bar. One thing I learned from that. <laughs> I thought that was the first thing that would. I, I swear that's the first thing I learned on my first day doing journalism at uni. Oh, I didn't. I was seventeen. <laughs> No, I mean, that was like the opening lecture, 9 o'clock Monday morning. Just, if there's an open bar, have fun. <laughs> but overall, yeah, right. it was a fantastic night down there, meeting all the people in sport. Some of the big people, Craig Foster, Lucy Zellich were there. My personal hero, Liz Ellis, who does no relation to football whatsoever. <laughs> but still a worthwhile yeah. person to look up to. And, of course, probably Craig Foster as well. So. Yes who's uh, probably enjoying a very, very uh, successful campaign for Hakeem right now. I would so. imagine he's very happy right now. Yeah. Now, back to the football this weekend. And Saturday, 9 o'clock Brisbane time over in Perth. The Raw have to try and slow down the Glory's charge for the Premier's plate. And I kind of wish I'd done a bound for Glory pun there. <laughs> I think they've already wrapped up the Premiership, basically, haven't they, after their, their win yesterday against Melbourne? I mean, Seven points with nine games remaining. I don't think it's quite over yet, but... It's pretty damn It's a close. very Brisbane Raw 2010-11 feel about Perth. The way they've just completely turned everything around and are an absolute juggernaut. Were the Raw that irritating, though? And no, it's a different style of play, just the I way they're they, I swear the Raw star player actually yeah. defended as well instead yeah. of standing 30 yards behind was, play, tracking a hissy I'm more meant to turn around and the momentum other than the actual style of play. Oh, There's no comparison okay. to style of play. <laughs> gotcha, yeah. gotcha. But yeah, yeah what, what Tony Popovich has done with the Perth side is yeah. phenomenal. And although I'm not a Perth fan, I'm quite happy for them to yeah. be doing as well as they are now. And at least yeah. there is a good reason to back them from a Brisbane fe- in perspective as well with Ivan Franich over there. They're also the least objectionable alternative out of Perth, Melbourne, Victory and Sydney FC. Yeah. yeah if someone else has got to win the Premier's play, anyone other than those two clubs is fine by me. Except maybe, except maybe Wellington. <coughs> <laughs> Send your complaints to. <laughs> I think we, I think we've given everyone a, <laughs> yes. like given a reason for us to complain about uh, everybody today. So, look, if we don't get at least one strongly written complaint, even from someone over in Malta right now, I'm going to get you sent to Wellington. <laughs> just and you won't come back. Well, when I made you... those Wellington jokes over in there in the middle of last year, then I got a lot of huh. So that's all I'm going to say. We're really looking forward to this game. You can tell, can't you? Oh yeah, late fr- <laughs> late Saturday night. It's just going to be phenomenal. Um, yeah, the Raw obviously finals berth pretty much out of reach for them. So mm. let's just see if they can play spoiler. Why yeah. not? Yeah, why not just do a mm. Melbourne Storm of when they got stripped of all their premiership yeah. points and yeah. try and spoil a few parties? I'm sure Adam Taggart wouldn't be opposed to um, causing a bit of disruption for his former club. He did score in the 2-1 loss back in round three. And then there was, of course, the 4-2 d- well, yeah. drama, debacle. He's just got three in the two games he's played against his former club, so... Yes. He'd, we can only hope. Yeah. He's going to get a nice warm reception back there. Yeah, and if Dylan starts, he'll score because it's two starts, two goals. That's the way it works, right? Yeah, absolutely. I think if that's a pattern to follow. Yeah. I think there's a lot of goals on the cards in this game, if for no other reason than, can any of us play defence for the Raw? Because <laughs> I think they're going to be a little bit short-staffed back there right now. It'll be very interesting because obviously... Um, Look, 
Jack Hingard is out, obviously. Luke Devere is probably out, although it sounds like it's not quite as bad as it initially was feared. Alex Do you Lope, really risk him, though? Well, We'd have to. <laughs> I don't know about that. I'd rather not. You've also got Alex Lopez out. The good thing is um, Ruan Tongnik should be available to play, so you don't have to risk Luke Devere. True. You can put him in. Also, Daniel Bowles and Dane Ingham are back from suspension if you want to bring those them back in as well. So there are defensive reinforcements coming. Yeah, I think... He, I'm trying to think just how that team's going to line up. And basically, it's good... I spent oh, way too much time on Saturday trying to figure that out. Well, obviously, you've got Brendan White and goals. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've got two out of three of um, Pepper, Bowles, and Tongyik, who yeah. apparently, again, according to Marco, mentioned that he uh, missed the... Sydney FC game because of a lack of match fitness, which you'd expect after someone who hadn't necessarily been with the club for the last month. And had didn't play for his former club basically all season either. So, but However, my thought was when uh, Devere got injured, gee, I wonder if Tongi's suddenly going to be match fit. <laughs> and look, I, 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 I'm going to say this every week. I'm a big fan of Ruin Tongi. I want him to get out there and just absolutely boss it. Well, I suspect you'll see not one debut this week, but two, because Charles Lockerlingoy was, um, was a late omission from the match day squad on Friday. He was named, obviously, and he got swapped for D'Agostino, so I suspect both of them will probably be in the squad going to Perth. Yeah. Interesting to see, will they start Dan Ingham, or will they give young Isaac Powell a start? Well, you've got... Interesting. You've got Dan Ingham and Stephanie Groh as well yeah. as your two, yeah. I suppose, senior team left-back, yeah. or full-backs yeah. on the cards. Yeah. Please play Dan Ingham on the right. He is so yeah. much better on there. Mm. If you're going to play him, play him at right-back. But we also forgot to mention um, Isaac Powell is um, the youngest ever Brisbane Raw debutant at age 16 and 330-something 61 days. 61 days, according to yeah. the Raw Facebook page. Absolutely. Which... So he's the youngest player, eight days younger than Tommy Orr was when he made his debut. And I believe it's his birthday tomorrow, or Tuesday, depending on when you're listening to this. So happy birthday to Isaac. Happy birthday, Isaac. I hate that you're so much younger than me <laughs> playing professional football. It's nothing personal. I hate everyone who's <laughs> doing that yeah. well. So. Would you start him though? Because I kind of think I probably wouldn't. No. I think it might be a bit too soon for him to start him. Just because 90 minutes of intensity might be a little bit too much for him. I think it depends like how dire straits raw are yeah. when it comes to squad selection. He might not play the full 90 minutes. He might play 45 then bring him on, bring yeah. him off or bring him on. Depends what's happening in the squad, yeah. I think. It's, it it's well worth well the risk the, with where Raw are at the moment, though. Just, yeah. we, we've got nothing to lose. Hey, you listened to last week. <laughs> <laughs> the thing is, if you do start Isaac Powell and Ruan Tongi, you might then both of those players might not be able to play a full ninety minutes based on yeah. match. It's either fitness. one or the other. Yeah, match really. fitness for Ruan Tongi, you can obviously the youthful legs of Isaac Powell, so you might not be able to start both of them. Yeah, there's. There's a lot of players unavailable, so... I wouldn't want to be Darren Davies at the moment trying to figure this out weekly. Who's available, who's not? I'd just love to see the whiteboard and Darren Davies <laughs> off, like the old magnet board or whatever. He's trying to go, okay, so I'm going to grab Matt Mackay. I'm going to put him... No, I don't need a bit striker. Maybe right wing. No, I think we're fine I think he played goalkeeper this week, right? <laughs> if he can reach the crossbar or jump, he's fine. That's, that's what I learned playing yeah. club football. Uh, yeah. there's. I think, I think we're going to see some goals uh, in this one. Interestingly enough, though, a stat you found, Scott. Brisbane Uh-oh. have scored an own goal in their last three clashes against Perth. Lovely. Yes, and it's actually the second highest goal score for Perth in this fixture is own goal. <laughs> Do you know what? And Andy Keogh is the only Perth player who's scored more. He's got eight goals against the Raw. Own goal is six. Oh, that's I, remarkable. It's hilarious. I don't know if that's a good thing for Perth or a bad thing for I'm not sure what that says, yeah. I don't know. All right, so... We've got a couple of tips to close off with right now. I'm going to start with Saturday night over in Perth. Angela, what are you expecting? Um, I expect 
Perth should win comfortably. If they don't, there's probably questions going to be asked if they're going to win the Premiership. Yes, but I'm probably going to open next week's show just laughing hysterically for 30 <laughs> seconds if the Raw win. I would very much like to see the Raw win, but I suspect Perth will. I'm going to back Perth in a high-scoring clash, maybe four or more goals in yeah. this one. Mm. I, th- I think it's going to finish, you know, 3-1, 3-2... Finishes four two again. I might want to put my head through the table. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think I think actually that's the other thing I want to ask about this game. Red card, yes or no? Oh yes, please. I hope not. You hope not. <laughs> I hope for hope either team. Oh, okay. Well then, Kia can get sent off in the first minute. That's fine. <laughs> That'd not? be really funny yeah. if that happens, though. Perth fans won't be fun. <laughs> I might actually hit up your employer and put money on that. Well, if I can, I can be, do so responsibly. If I can be bothered making an account <laughs> to do so. Yeah, just uh, I, I had a bit of a shocker with my yeah. tips last week. So hopefully I can get a return to form yes. with uh, round 19 as we enter the yeah. final third of the Absolutely. A-League season. We didn't tip who's going to win the W-League grand final. That's either. the other tip that I was actually going yeah. to get from you right now. So Sydney or Perth? Perth. Sydney, unfortunately. Don't care. <laughs> <laughs> it's not Brisbane, yeah. so... Yeah. <laughs> All right, that's going to be it for this edition of the Brisbane Football Review. Angela, thank you very much for coming along this week. Thank you for having me, even though I swore again. I was like, great, after keeping your record of swearing intact. We should just know this is going to happen each time I come on okay, now. I'm, 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 I've got to find a bleep button on this. I'm going to invest in a swear jar and put it right there in the middle of the table next time. That's yes. going to get us. We'll, we'll be yeah. halfway to a beer at Suncorp Stadium eventually. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and don't worry, I think we'll have to have you back at some point soon anyway. And uh, yeah, enjoy Western Pride this weekend as well. I hope. So I hope they do well. Both NPL and NPLW are on at the exact same time. That's right. So we've got NPL this weekend and NPLW. Get out to enjoy the football this weekend. Scott, thank you. Good to see you again, James. Thanks, everyone, for listening. And we'll talk to you next week where we might have someone else back in this. I'm not quite sure yet. No, news not coming back. <laughs> see you next week. <laughs> <laughs>